Welcome to another episode of Dads with Nerdy Ambitions. I'm your host, Steve Pugh, and today I'm going to learn how to pull a rabbit out of a hat. I'm going to learn how to, uh, I'll think of something clever in a second, but I have a magician with me today, uh, Chandler. Chandler is with me today. He is, yes, he is a magician. He does a lot of uh, viral videos. Uh, you do them on the TikTok. Uh, do you do them on YouTube as well? Oh, yeah, Chandler. I do them everywhere. All right, so Chandler does a lot of magic, and he's going to sit here and talk to me about what people's fascination it is with magic. Uh, so without further ado, Chandler, you have the floor. Welcome to hello, the show. Hello, thank you for having me. <laughs> we'll add in clapping and everything. I, I I can edit in some clapping. Nice. Okay, that's what I'm used to. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself, sir. Uh, yeah, so I do magic tricks uh, for a living, and um, yeah. So while everyone's you know at their business job doing work on desks and computers and things, I uh, entertain people with magic tricks, uh, which seems sounds silly, but it's true. <laughs> that's that's. How long have you been doing this, like as, as professional or as a as a profession? Right. For a profession, I've been doing it for about five, maybe six years. I just like, you know, right right at the end of uh, high school, I started to take it really seriously and um, started doing like gigs and shows and things. And then over the next couple of years, I started to transition into stage shows. So then I started doing like uh, more, uh, you know, in front of huge audiences rather than just up close at tables at like, you know, weddings and things like that, because that's what I used to do as like close-up magic and now i do more um more stage tricks that are involving more of the audience right okay so before we get too much into the magic background and you know i definitely have a ton of questions for you oh yeah uh, let's talk about you personally um what are some nerdy things that you're into oh nerdy things <clears throat> well let's see uh i Dude, I have so many playing cards. It's not even funny. Like <laughs> under my bed, there's just like uh, tubs of playing cards under there. Okay. Um, I I have probably maybe close to a little over a thousand decks of cards that I just have for fun. Okay. Um, it's nice. a good collection hobby that I have. Um, okay. other than that, you know, I play a lot of video games in my free time. What's your favorite game? Favorite game? Oof. Oh boy. I, I you know I might get a lot of hate. Uh, I'm gonna say Fortnite. But, you know, I only play like three different games, like for the majority of the time. So, um, you know, for it's not too bad. You know, it's a great game. Is your other game like Minecraft? And... OK, all right. No, 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 no. Um, I, I would say Rocket League and Call of Duty would be the other two. OK, OK. Uh, ones all right. that I play. But right. as, as you know, I like scary games like Phasmophobia, too. So. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, that's another my... one. My my cursed brother and uh, Mikey got me into, and uh, <laughs> the day that they told me about it. Um, do, so, are there any like are are you a big like Marvel fan or Star Wars or anything like that? Or are you just like you're just a casual nerd? Yeah, you know, I'm really just a casual nerd um, for the most part. You know, Marvel does get my heart, um, but uh, that's that's. Really about it that really uh, takes the so cake you're the right gamer there. Side. You're the gamer side, and you do the magic, which is awesome. Um, and you yep, do yep, have yep. The, the Rick and Morty in the background. Um, oh, yeah. Which is... yep. I love the cartoons. You know, I, I can't get enough of them. Courage the Cowardly Dog is my favorite of all time. God, I love Courage the Cowardly Dog. I oh, yeah. The heck out of that show. It, it was such <laughs> a strange show, and I loved it so much. Did, did, did you ever... The one thing that always used to drive me crazy about that show is uh -huh. 
the hole in his tooth. Like whenever they would get like, I never under like, that. I know it's, it's a cartoon. It doesn't have to make sense or anything, but I, that right. always used to bother me. I'm just like that, that hole, like, why? yeah, like why it was there. Nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe um, I have no idea. So then let's go right into this. Let's go right into the magic here. Uh, how did you get into, what made you say, you know what? I want to do magic. And then what made you say, I'm going to do this professionally. Mm, so great question or great two questions, actually. Um, real quick, I did want to say I'm pretty yeah. sure that this is my first actual podcast that I've been Shut on. Shut up. So, really? uh, yeah. Hey, can so this is exciting. Yeah. yeah, I forgot to mention that. But <laughs> yeah, so, you know, this is this will be a great memory down the road. Yeah, awesome. Um, all right. So getting into magic, I was in kindergarten, right? Okay. And in kindergarten, for some reason, we had a talent show. It was like a circus talent show. So everybody signed up for position in the show. And then we all performed whatever at a later date. And I looked at the paper and the sign-up sheet. You know, there was weird things, you know, all, all, all kinds of stuff. But magician just, like, stuck out at me. And I signed my day up there. And I uh, went home to my parents that we need to come up with some tricks. And uh, <laughs> they did. They came up with two really cool tricks for me, I guess, at the time. Um, and Do you remember I actually, what they were? I actually have a video of it. So sometimes at my stage shows, I play this video before I perform. So it's like a nice little, ooh, you know, how far he's come, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it, it's just really fun to see, like, what I, why. <laughs> they, they were so silly. They're, it was like a, it's like a, a little, it was a hat with, like, a fake bunny on the inside, right? And it was so, it was like a paper mache hat. It wasn't even, like, a real hat. And uh, I, I stuck my hand in and, you know, I could show that it was empty or whatever. And then I pulled out a bunny and everyone was like, wow. And then they clapped, you know. And as soon as that happened, my face, I, like in the video, you can see me like instantly smile. And I was like, yes, this is it. This is what I like to do, you know. This is your thing. All right. And I mean, after that, just over the years, um, I didn't really like fall in love with magic right away. I just kept watching it on TV like David Blaine was I was on TV all the time for the next couple of years as I was growing up and my dad really like turned it on every time it was on just because he knew I liked it and I think that just like kept getting stuck in my brain and just kept continuing to follow me so yeah so, so like did you sit down with your like you know your career counselor in high school and like hey <laughs> I want to do this for the rest of my life yeah yeah <laughs> You know, that was a very strange thing to tell people as I was in middle school and then high school, especially high school, because that's whenever you're really supposed to have your stuff together, right? <laughs> They're like, all right, what do you want to do? And you're like, I want to be a doctor. I want to be this. I want to be that. And then I'm like, hey, I want to do magic tricks, you know, and uh, fool people, make people laugh. <laughs> and they were like, okay, but really. And uh, yeah, I mean, so, you know, some people were really down about it. They were like, yeah, you, you should probably get a real job, though. You know, like, what, what do you realistically want? I was like, this, I'm, I'm going to do it. And, Good. you know, after after high school, there's those few people that would tell you no, you know, they'd really like motivated and pushed me to, uh, you know, succeed at it. So that's awesome. Uh, what would be some advice you could give to uh, the younger generations that are looking to get into magic and stuff of that sort? Like, mm, <clears throat> I mean, you know, I advice for that. There's plenty of sources online that I, I mean, nowadays, YouTube's obviously a huge source for people learning just about anything. Um, there are a few actual magic websites that you can buy and sell tricks on um, to other magicians. And then there are some that have free tricks as well. So they'll send you personally free tricks and things. 
um, like penguinmagic.com. It's a great one to go to if you are just starting out and want to get into any magic tricks, even if you're an adult and you want to fool your kids or something like that. <laughs> great place to get some free stuff. Um, and I have no affiliation with them, so you know, do whatever you want with that. Um, but yeah, I, and not magic-wise, I just think that anybody should do whatever they want whenever they grow up. So just pushing and pushing and pushing and working hard every day to get what your goal is done. Um, I think that's the most important thing. That's awesome. Now, for the longest time, my son wanted to be a Jedi, so I don't mm. think that was going to work out too well. With actually, not a Jedi, he wanted to be a Sith Lord, so he wasn't even on. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, I would, I would shut that down real quick. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, yeah, it definitely got shut down the second when he realized, like, you know, with uh, when you know Kylo Ren killed his father and everything, and he mm. kind of looked over at me, and I'm like, no. <laughs> Yeah, not going to happen. Um, So, and you've been doing this professionally for six years. Uh, What was, what was one of your favorite, what is your favorite trick to do? Ooh, okay. So this one, anytime anybody asks me, this is the trick that I tell them. And I, I don't think it'll ever leave my show, to be honest. I might change it up and do something a little bit different with it, but it's in my stage show and it's been in there since I started doing stage magic. Um, And it's probably one of the most expensive tricks that I own that I ever bought. And the, so the first couple of stage shows that I performed with, um, I, I got hired at like a county fair mm. and they had me do like some close up magic and things and then a couple stage show stuff. And with that money, I bought this trick. So it's it's been in my show forever. And what it is, is I, I bring a little a little girl or, uh, you know, around the, like under 10 years old, right? And they usually come up on stage and uh, we talk about a favorite memory that they have. You know, maybe it was a Christmas where they got their most favorite present or something like that. Um, Whatever favorite memory that they can they can think about at that time. I had them think about it and focus and focus hard. Right. And then we start to play this nice classical music. And then she comes up to this table. Right. And I go on the other side of it. We both grab the cloth and we think about our memories as, as much as we can. And we don't say anything. And then the table starts to float off the ground. And we're just holding the cloth, right? Uh. And then and then she usually is like freaks out. You know, she's like, oh, you know, and her face <laughs> is just priceless. And the whole audience is like, oh, you know, and it's great. We literally like dance with the table for a little bit and then finally put it down and then they go back to their seat. It's, it's great. I love it so much. <clears throat> you know, floating table around the whole stage, you know? Yeah, no, that's that's much better than. The one time I was I was brought up on stage one time on a magic show and they tied a rope about around my waist. And so they had this girl who had a huge crush on Mm. have the rope on one side and the magician had the rope on the other. And they had this rope tied around my waist and pull it at the same time. And it's supposed to go. The the rope goes through you Mm -hmm. and it had my underwear on the the rope. Obviously, it wasn't my underwear, and I, I was so red and so embarrassed, and right. that's what caused me to never get a date with this girl. I'm, I'm letting you know that was the 100. <laughs> oh no! The reason she didn't date me was because because your underwear my, was just yeah, out my there. underwear's out. Obviously, I was you know going commando after that. Right, right. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. oh no! Uh, yeah, it's it's. No, but I like I love magic. It, it, it's really really neat. Um, you know that's surprising and, that you say that because because of what happened to you. You know most people <laughs> yeah, that no, happened right, to they'd be like, like I'm never going like, to show again. I, 
Uh, Screw magicians. Yeah, like the, the the only reason I brought you on here was to belittle you and just tell yeah. you how <laughs> magic is terrible. Uh, yeah, I'm going to head out now. Um. <laughs> but seriously, though, what is our fascination as a society with magic? Because you, the tricks, we, we know it's a show. Right. You know, and you do an amazing job. And I've watched your videos and I've absolutely enjoyed. I've laughed and I sat there and I go, <laughs> I like to look there and go, how did he do that? How I like I, I like I try to find I, I do the things where I sit there and I watch and I'll watch it a few times just to see if I can't figure it out. And I, I I'm almost 100 percent sure I'll never figure it out properly. But <laughs> I, I love it. I still love as an adult. And I'm 34 years old and I've been watching it. it magic has been around. Actually, fun fact. I don't know if you know this, but magic yeah. itself has been around since 2700 B.C. Yes, a very you, long time. I, I didn't know the date, but I know it's behind. It's like back in the Egyptians, and because that you, was the first. That was the thing I was gonna. So just for our listeners to know, I was I was talking smack, and which is <laughs> is is nothing unusual for me. But I sat there and I was like, I got some fun facts, and you're not gonna know this. And he just you, that was he right up and said, Oh yeah, Egypt. Uh, right, right, yeah. right. The first magic trick. Yes, uh, ever recorded at least. So, 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 so the listeners know the first magic trick that was recorded was a magician, and I'm probably going to screw up his name. It's only four letters. Uh, <laughs> Dady, D E D I. So I don't know if I'm saying that right. Dady. Oh, we're going to call him Daddy. So yeah. Daddy, <laughs> he decapitated a bird and was able to reattach its head and resurrect it. That was the magic trick mm-hmm. that he did. So, did you know that? Yeah, and and funny thing is, uh, David Blaine did it on one of his specials, uh, you know, a few years back. He did it with the chicken. God, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, um, it's still going strong, baby. It's it's, it's the best. <laughs> um, that definitely sounds so. But going back to what we were saying, what is? Why are we still fascinated with magic? Why do you have a job? You know. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that's uh, you know, it's. <laughs> <laughs> hard to explain i mean you, you obviously you do a great job right, right. Possible? well you see the way i see it is i've got job security right robots i don't know if they're ever going to be able to entertain like me you know unless unless they start to look like humans then then you know we maybe it will have a problem but for right now um i feel like magic and uh so since i do like magic on stage i do comedy as well and i am comedian Right, so I tie it in uh, with like, uh, so if you were to go see a comedian, um, and and they do a few magic tricks here and there, you know that's kind of what I do. Um, so I do like a good mixture of, of it's it's a good fifty fifty. Like the tricks have built in comedy in them that I make sure that uh, you know get some laughs in there. So it's not such a intense theater room, you know. Um, it's not that kind of vibe. It's more of like a fun. Let's hang out together, have a great time, share some laughs. So the way I see magic and comedy in the same light. Um, being just like outlets for us to go and kind of forget about what's outside the room. So all the politics things that are going on right now and uh, have been going on for whatever, I feel like the any any type of theater art or like uh, musicians and things that just like takes your uh, your all your energy for that one hour, hour and a half, whatever it may be, and takes you out of uh, all the elements from outside the room and keeps you in there entertained, right? So you're not mm-hmm. thinking about anything but what's going on inside that room on that stage. So we're up there trying to entertain you, you know, making you laugh. And you're like, wow, this is great. And then 
afterwards, you can go back to your normal day-to-day life. But while you're in there, we try to contain all of the mental thoughts that you have and anything going on with your life and just keeping it um, under the umbrella of the entertainment section right there. In a bubble. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, in a bubble. Yeah. So you're like taken away from the world and just put into a into a room to have a great time for an hour or so, you know? Okay. And and that you know, magic is super strange the way that it brings all these uh, adults, right? Even the adults, they turn into little kids whenever they see a magic trick and it fools them, right? They're like, wait a minute. And you get them out of their shell for just that half a second. And you see them crack a smile or something like, man, I don't know what just happened, but it wasn't. I do. I, I get giddy with it, too. I sit there and I start clapping my hands like not even what like the, the typical pause. I'm sitting there like, ah, do it again. Like it's, <laughs> It is. It's neat. You right. Can, you... you can get the toughest of the tough, you know, big looking dudes that are all manly and and ready to fight you, you know, and you do a quick trick and you fool them a little bit. And they're like, oh, OK. All right. I see you. And they turn into <laughs> a little kid. They're like, oh, that was great. Can you show me another one? And it's like, yeah, I got you. And it, awesome. it, it just helps to make friends like anywhere I go, right? So I can just go into a room with total strangers and just talk to anybody with okay. a with a clean opening, you know? Hey, you want to see Maddie's trick? Yeah. Um, no. So going from that, the fact that we are still so fascinated with it, mm-hmm. um, where do you think magic is going to go from this point forward? Like, what's next? Like right. We're doing it viral. We're doing it videos. What's the next big thing that mm-hmm. you could? I mean, in your opinion, because obviously there's a thousand right. different possibilities. Yeah, I could be totally wrong about everything. <laughs> but in my opinion, oh. um, magic over the last maybe I'd say like four years or so has just gotten more of a, a spotlight put on it oh. with the television shows that have come out, you know, the Netflix specials, all that. Um, it, it's grown so much that people can pretty much look up on YouTube and find out how to do anything, right? So why do people still enjoy watching it? I don't know. It's it's such a strange art form that people, they want to feel amazed and they want to feel that, uh, you know, I don't know how that's done, like the puzzling feeling, right? Mm-hmm. And even if they are like, man, I want to know how that's done, because like there's a good 50-50 split where... 50% of people don't want to know how it's done. They just want to be amazed. They're like, wow, that's that's great. That's incredible. I don't know how he floats that table, but really cool. You know, and the other half is like, I need to know what helicopter is in the sky floating that table right now. You know, I need to know what drone is up there, right? <laughs> they're, they're so inquisitive. And either way, right, it's, it's great for magic because it uh, kind of pushes it out there to more and more people. And so if they try to figure it out, great. That's just what their prerogative is. You know, they're having a good time trying to figure out the method, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, with the, all the technology that's going on in the world right now, it just keeps moving and moving and moving. And magic is getting harder to keep a secret. And so I feel like over the next couple of years, it'll just be so hard to keep any secrets in the magic world. But there will still be that 50% at least where they don't want to know how it's done. They just want to go watch the show. So I think magic will keep, you know, continuing. And uh, we, the magicians will evolve and create new methods, you know, so it just keeps getting harder and harder to figure them out over time. Yeah. Uh, the, the fact that you said keeping, you know, the secrets and everything, um, mm-hmm. it made me think about uh, there's an organization. I know uh, Neil Patrick Harris is a part of it. I don't know if he's right. the president of it, uh, the, the Magicians Guild or the, something of this that sort. Are you familiar with a, that? 
IBM is the International Brotherhood of Magicians. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge thing, uh, international, obviously. So um, that's a pretty big thing. And Neil Patrick Harris was, uh, uh, maybe he was the president of that, I think, at one point. Mm. Um, they changed so much and things like that. Um, they have like, you know, in each state, there's like uh, their own representatives and things like that. Um, are they designed? I, I don't know how familiar you are with them. And so no no pressure to you whatsoever. But right. aren't, are, aren't they designed to try to keep this stuff in-house? Um, or is it? Yeah, they, they're more, um, they're, I guess they're more like uh, trying to keep magicians alive, trying to make new magicians out of people that, you know, are trying to become magicians, things like that. They try to put on clubs and things like uh, okay. uh, just events to keep the spark of magic alive, right? To keep magicians coming and coming together. I don't think you guys are ever going to go away. Um, even the I, no, I, I, okay. I hope I like the idea of the, the the show that you guys you know you put on the entertainment value that comes from it. Um, and there is a clear difference uh, between you as a magician mm-hmm. and somebody who is an illusionist. If I'm right. So for our listeners, can you kind of educate us a little bit what the difference is? Yeah, definitely. The uh, the illusionists are some pretty special people. They they like these huge, big illusions. You've seen uh, people get cut in half on stage, right? You know, you've, you've at least heard of it or seen s- small videos. And uh, there's like things like that where you can cut people in half. There's things uh, like the water tank. You know, someone submerges themselves and they have to get out of the locks before something happens, right? Those are big illusions that happen on stage that are super visual, right, for the whole audience. So you don't need like screens showing you what's going on up close. And then uh, more more smaller uh, size stage like uh, magicians are like myself. We do more close up style, I guess. Uh, it's not really close up, but it's it's smaller to see. Right. It's mm-hmm. not huge glass boxes on stage. It's more of like, hey, I'm going to float this smaller table up here. Right. Um, or. I'm going to show you this banana, right? I'm going to put this banana inside this hat and then it's going to disappear. Things like that that are still visual, but they're not huge props that are trying to being lugged on stage and off stage during the show, right? So illusionists do like huge things. Magicians do more smaller scale things. So you're never going to be making a, like a, a Mustang disappear anytime soon. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, that's an illusionist job. Uh, you know, uh... <laughs> no elephants in the near future for you. Yeah, Chandler. no, I, I don't. I don't see that happening. Um, basically, the cleanup would be very. You know, I feel like that would be the worst part of it. So, um, what would you consider one of the hardest tricks you've ever done? Oh man, you know, there's there's a trick that I I got a really funny story for like okay, the funniest yeah, yeah, yeah. trick. Um, but the hardest. I'll, I'll come back to that. The, the hardest trick. Oh man, that's that's a tough one. Let's see, hardest trick without giving anything away because I know right. I, I don't want to ruin your 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 profession here right 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 <laughs> on your okay. first podcast episode <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 well okay so the trick that's the, the my funniest story and the most hard trick to do i guess are the same thing um okay. <laughs> so the uh the, the trick basically the way it goes is i ask the audience um you know for a destination where they want to go so i ask three people questions okay so I toss something out to the audience, ask the first person, where would you like to go on this vacation, right? And they say Hawaii or something. It does. It's completely random. And so they say Hawaii, pass to the next person. Who do you want to take on this trip with you? Uh, they say Tom Cruise or, or Barack Obama, wh- whoever. It doesn't matter. 
completely free choice, random. Then they throw it to the last person, and then they're like, uh, what do you want to do on this, you know, this trip to Hawaii? And they, they say, I want to play the guitar, you know? Anything they want to say. Doesn't matter. It could be completely uh, super random. And at the end of it, there's a box that's hanging from the ceiling. And this box is hanging by a rope, you know, and somebody on the backstage has to untie it. So it slowly comes down to me. So it's in view the whole time of the whole, sh- whole show. And this is the last trick of the night, right? Uh-huh. And so it comes down to my hands and I open up the box. And inside is like a teller tube, right? So you go to the bank and you get a little teller tube, yeah, yeah, you yeah. unscrew it or whatever. And you pull out this piece of paper. And this piece of paper unfolds and unfolds again long ways. And you open it up slowly, one by one, and it says, uh, me and whoever are going on a trip to Hawaii. And then I unfold again, and then it says, you know, we're going with Tom Cruise. And then the third one is, uh, we're going to play the guitar. And then it's like, everybody have a great night, you know, on the back of it. It's like, woo and it's like, See, I, I I didn't even get to see the trick, and I'm like, yeah, that was great. I can't believe it. <laughs> How did he do that? How did he do that? Right, right. And, <laughs> and the, it's just a story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's such a silly, <laughs> random story that doesn't make any sense. But it's, it, it, you know, it, the, the incredible part is that it's on that paper that's been in view the whole time inside that box. Right? So it's been hanging from the ceiling. There's no way anybody can touch it. Which, in my mind, it's still incredible because I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting here getting all giddy. And there's, it's not even happening, ladies and gentlemen. It's There's nothing going right. on. It's literally just him and I talking. And I'm giddy about this this trick that you did. <laughs> right. It, it's such a thought-provoking trick, and it's at the very end of the show. So it's the last trick anybody sees, right? And so they walk out of that theater. They're like, man, I have no idea how that happened. Or they're like, I have my thoughts, but you know, they're already leaving the theater. So it's like, they're like, oh, man, I wish I could have stayed there another minute maybe just to examine things, whatever. But it's still a, a super uh, thought-provoking type of a thing, right? Uh-huh. And so the the funniest thing that's ever happened to me, <laughs> so uh, so as they're tossing around the beach ball, you know, getting all the information, which is another super interactive way that I keep the audience engaged, is the beach ball. You know, it's just flying around the audience because like, oh, oh, I want to catch it, <laughs> right? Or I don't want to catch it. I don't want to be part of this. You know, they they don't want to be embarrassed or whatever. Which I don't embarrass anybody in my show. I keep it totally fun. Awesome. Um, but yeah, I would never uh, tie tie a rope to somebody, and, you know, pull, pull out their <laughs> underwear or anything like that. All right. So you you know, all right, you've redeemed yourself a little bit. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> so the uh, the the funniest thing, man. Uh, so I have a friend that helps me out at some of my shows, right? Yeah. And he was backstage. He was going to be the one that lowered the the rope. <laughs> and, uh, so he was out front, like sitting down and in the audience. And he was making sure the video cameras were working good because I was like filming the show. It was in a nice theater, so I wanted to get footage. And so he was making sure that was all good. And then he rushed back because he was like, it's about to be time. I got to get back there. And he was like 20 minutes early, right? So he didn't have any, any uh, you know, track of time at all. And he ran back there. He was just sitting back there. I, I, I just assume he was just waiting back there with the rope. Like, uh, is it going to happen yet? You know? And eventually, I was talking about the whole trick. You know, I was getting all the information. And then... I remember that he didn't set up the rope and the the sound guy did. So like he tied it, you know, with whatever knots he tied and my yeah. friend didn't. So he didn't really know what kind of knots this guy did in the rope. <laughs> oh my God. No. And, oh man. This, my friend, he, he was struggling with the rope. All you could see was the box up there. Just like, it was just like getting yanked up and down. 
it wasn't and it was just like slowly coming down every you know a couple inches and then it would go back up go back down go back up. and i was like uh guys i have no idea what's going on up there how's everybody doing out there you know i had nothing else to fill time and so eventually it probably took about uh, maybe four or five minutes for that box to finally oh, get down no. and i was like oh man so i i had to fill time like crazy but that is probably the funniest thing that i remember out of any of the shows and it you know just because it was like my friend i knew exactly what he was going through back there <laughs> it was like that rope oh no um so you do oh you said you do weddings you do all sorts of events like yeah have you ever had any like a bad a rough event <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah there's how do you recover from something like that i, I you know as an entertainer because you know i can i empathize with you and comedians and people that get up on stage and that is your your profession mm -hmm. and how do you go from like wow this is quite possibly one of the most worst most detrimental moments in my life to go on you know what i'm gonna get back there and i'm gonna do it again yeah man that's the toughest part you know you can you can have the best show of your life and be on top of the world for that whole night and then the next night you can go to a new city or a new show whatever and bomb completely and you're like, man, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Maybe I should go just get like a regular job, you know, go do something completely different. But I think the the great shows like uh, they outweigh the bad shows. Right. And the majority of the time, it's a great show. But the on the off chance that you'll have one of those bad nights where the audience doesn't hit or your tricks just aren't, you know, making them laugh or whatever it may be because people are totally different in different cities right you know some jokes may be understood better in different parts of the world mm -hmm. and and you just got to kind of gauge that close to the beginning of the show so you can keep it uh you know whatever so you can spin whichever way you need to for the rest of it and there was this one show I was, it was just such it was such a bad show because first it was outside right it was a festival and it was outside it was raining and it was windy. And I was like, this is terrible. My props are going to go flying everywhere. They, they brought me over like a like a tent type thing where it had like two walls kind of. Mm. And so it, it was better. But like then my then my audio didn't work. So my audio wasn't working for half the show. And my show relies a lot on audio trying to get like music to hit right whenever the, the trick is like about to be over, you know, like, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And it just wasn't working. So I had to work with that and I had to, you know, yell instead of using my mic and things like that. And throughout that show, I was like, this is the worst show I've ever done. And then it just kept getting worse. There was a trick that this girl was on stage with me and she was supposed to color in this piece of paper, right? And the colors did not match whatever my prediction was like at all. And I was like, okay. So the, the way that that trick works, I should have known exactly what she was doing, right? I was trying to influence her to do what I wanted her to do. And it didn't work at all. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so that was a good 10-minute trick, right? I'm making jokes the whole time. We're laughing. We're having a good time. It gets down to the end. And a lot of my tricks are I fail, but then I'm like, oh, but guess what? Aha, I fixed it. You know, it's a, it's a great ending. But this trick didn't have a great ending. It was like, <laughs> oh, I failed. And then everyone's like waiting for like the moment where I redeem myself, you know, and didn't happen. <laughs> Did not happen. And they were all like, oh. And I was like, yeah, guys, sorry. This is a, this is a brand new trick. I don't know. You know, sometimes they hit. Sometimes they don't. <laughs> and uh, 
Then I walked back to my to my case and I brought out a new trick and everyone was like, um, what? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that I, I can only imagine like that. That's that's going to be rough and savage, but you bounce yeah. back. Well, that was mid show. So, you know, I had another half a show to go. <laughs> <laughs> with this audience already like confused. don't worry ladies and, and gentlemen it's only gonna get worse yeah exactly <laughs> i was like man it was oh man that was rough but yeah sometimes you just gotta bounce back and and have a great show next time and i mean there's there's plenty of magicians that have had their luggage lost on planes you know things like that with their magic tricks in it so they go there to a new city trying to do a show and all their luggage is lost so they don't have any props so what we do is we create this, like, uh, we, we call it the Walmart show or dollar store show. And we go to the dollar store and pick up whatever we can off the shelves to make a show for an hour show and go home to our hotel or whatever and quickly make all these props out of just sticky notes and pencils and all that good stuff. Um, so, it, you know, it's it, it's tough, but it's uh, really rewarding whenever you get a great show and the audience hits and tricks are hitting and everything's going great, you know? Yeah, I don't want to make you go down to, to down at the negative rabbit yeah, hole. Yeah, yeah, I'm impressed. I, I, like, as soon as you said your luggage gets hot, what do you do? You know, and you have an answer. Right. Do you guys have, like, a, uh, a community, like, hey, guys, I'm here doing a show. Can I borrow some props sort of right. thing? Or... You know, there is, there is some of that um, if you know people in the city, right? Okay. So you have to know the magicians more so rather than just, uh, like, a Facebook group or something like that, which, I mean, it could be possible to have. I've just never seen that done. Uh, most of the time, people know them and they uh, they ask them. But the great thing about magic is that people don't know where it's going. You know, the tricks. Uh, if I were to tell you to pick a card, you'd think, oh, I know exactly where this trick's going. But it can go a thousand different ways. You know, the ending can be anything. It can end up in your shoe, in your pocket. The card can be in my mouth. So it's just like completely random things. So if you think that we fail, it could be going off the rails into a new direction and we could fix it, right? Yeah. Um, but in that one show, I completely did not fix it. It was just terrible. But... <laughs> But for the most part, you guys don't know where it's going. We do. And I thank you so much for sharing that moment <laughs> of just like <laughs> absolute detrimental oh, yeah. failure. I, I'm I'm assuming you had a very very strong drink when you went home or oh. went after. <laughs> oh yeah, you better believe it. You know that <laughs> one or two, three, <laughs> whole yeah. bottle for uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's that's cool. Uh, and it's. You know, it definitely shows that, hey, you know what, you're able to bounce back from that, even though that that did happen to you. Um, I mean, I think it's I think it's good to go through that type of a situation because then you're more used to it, so to speak. Right. So if if it were to happen again next time, you would have an out next time. Right. So you got to be smarter (laughs) whenever you go home. You're like, all right, this trick needs uh, an extended ending just in case. Right. You're like, uh, I, I need a joke at the end just in case something doesn't hit. I need to have one locked in. Were you able to, by the way, were you able to successfully do that trick again? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yep. Okay. (laughs) I wanted to make sure there was a happy ending at it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, when it doesn't work, you're like so frustrated and confused. But whenever you go home and look at it, you're like, that's why. That's why I I, I talked, you know, I said something wrong, you know, or something like that. And usually it's the magician's fault um, (laughs) because they didn't speak right and uh, instruct them the right way or something, you know. All right. Um, one last question for you. Yep. Uh, who is your role model in the magician's world? Uh, mm-hmm. you know, living or dead, you know, right. I, I, I will take away brownie points if you do say Harry Houdini though. I'm just letting <laughs> you know. Well, 
okay, now I gotta Google. <laughs> uh, Was it Harry Houdini? Uh, no, no, no. I'm just <laughs> okay, uh, just making sure. It's uh, it's actually David Blaine. Um, so he was he was the big thing whenever I was growing up, right? He was on uh-huh. TV all the time, uh, doing a special. He was the first one to bring magic up close into like people's faces on TV, mm-hmm. and show like raw, real reactions. Mm-hmm. And his energy was so minimal whenever he did his tricks. So he's like very uh, stoic and like. Yeah, did you like that? And then they're over there reacting like crazy, right? And he's just like <laughs> straight faced, just like trying to, you know, contain his self. Um, but on the inside, he's like, yeah, this is great. We're doing awesome, you know. Um, but he doesn't want to show that because he's got his own persona. And he's the one that kind of like taught me that you need to be somebody on stage. You know, you got to be yourself or you got to think of who you want to be, right? Um, so like me, I try to just be myself and be like a funny version of me. Right. So whenever I'm just talking to people, I'm like, you know, my sister told me one time, she said, after a show, she, she looked at me, she's like, Hey, you were, you were really, you're actually funny. And I was like, what does that mean? And she's like, no, I mean, I just like, you know, when we're hanging out or talking, you're not really that funny. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, I don't know. I guess you just got good jokes. And I'm like, yeah, all right. That's cool. Um. So. Yeah, I try to like personify myself up there on stage, but good. Yeah, David Blaine is definitely the uh, the go to for my inspiration and things. Oh, that's awesome. Um, actually, I can't believe we did forget to talk about this, and shame on me. Uh, your your TikTok. Yeah. You do so many TikTok videos of you doing yeah. magic, and we've been talking about you on stage, but you have a whole other area <laughs> that you do your magic. Right. Um, so, can you talk a little bit about that? like just dude i'd love to all right yeah i'd love to fill in i I have a couple hours of your time and talk about uh my tiktok career Um, let's talk about this because you have i I, now i looked at it a while ago you have over seven hundred and thousand followers on tiktok almost a million i think i got like right at 720 right now seven hundred twenty thousand. that's much much better than my three actually i take that back i'm down to two now (laughs) I have to. I don't know why they're following me. I've legitimately only put up one video, and it's my kids crying. And because people ask me what it's like to have twins, and I'm like, here you go. Wow, wow, <laughs> that's great. Hey, maybe after this podcast, you'll get three. I'll be I one might. of them. Oh snap! You know what? <laughs> I'm going to be famous, TikTok well, famous. Only if you follow me back, though. You know, uh, done <laughs> deal. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about this because you actually do something benefit. Like you have a quality show and entertainment on tiktok whereas i'm just more of a follower right 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 right. (laughs) yeah tiktok's great i mean you can be a follower you can be a watcher you know a lurker or you can be a creator right um and being a creator is super special on tiktok for sure because it was uh such a new app and it's got such potential to grow for just about anybody on there they can post a video and overnight they can become famous right which is how a lot of people have done it um And a lot of people use that as an outlet to their other sources of entertainment. So like, say, Bella Porch, I don't know if you know who she is, but she came up over like a couple months and has like 30 million followers all of a sudden. And she used that following to make music now. And so she pushed her following to listen to her song and she had like some record of how many listens in a day and things like that. So that's what a lot of people are trying to do is like use that audience to push it elsewhere, right, to engage them in other places. And so for myself, what I initially started to do with TikTok was create an account and just post magic tricks until people liked me. And then eventually (laughs) I would get famous and a lot of followers, blah, blah, blah. And then I would sell my tickets to them and they would come see a show and I would be awesome, you know? 
That's yeah. what I was intending it for because I do fundraiser shows for my stage magic. Mm. And so I try to give back as much as possible with the communities and the fundraisers and things. And so the ticket sales usually go straight to the, the nonprofit. And so I try to sell as many of those as possible. <clears throat> and I figured if I got famous on TikTok, then I could sell a bunch of tickets and help a bunch of these nonprofits, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the coronavirus said, well, we're going to say no to your shows for about a year or so, you know? <laughs> and I was like, ouch, ouch, okay. So yeah. I stayed home, uh, hung out with a few friends every once in a while, made some videos. And then it got to the point where I think it was maybe January, February, March. I think it was around March of 2020 when I was like, man, I got to take this seriously. TikTok, because I had, <laughs> I had like uh, 25,000 followers. And I was like, man, I've never had this many people watch me, you know, <laughs> and I tried to do it all. You know, I tried YouTube. I tried Instagram before nothing was hitting. So then TikTok was like, this is it. This is the chance. Right. And so I got on there, did it. And then I started posting three videos a day at least, which for me, I'm not creative. Right. Well, I wasn't. <laughs> um, and then this just made me like get creative. So it pushed me to think of new tricks, new, new video ideas every day. So I would post three, three new mm. video ideas every single day. And that was, it sounded impossible to me when I first started, but I was that like, sounds impossible to me right now. I don't, I, I'm not even that clever. Exactly. You know, if you try to think of that, even a week's worth, right, that's 21 ideas just for one week. I was like, okay, if I can do that, then maybe during the week I can film them and then I can think of 21 more. And so that's what I did. I just kept pushing and pushing, trying to think of new ideas. Every time I thought of something, I'd write it down on my notes app on my phone and I'd try to, you know, make a video idea the next day. Um, and so, you know, that's that's all I've done for the past year is just try to make TikTok videos and grow my following as much as possible. And now all of a sudden Instagram and YouTube and Snapchat are doing short videos like a minute long or so. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm posting a lot of the videos that I've already posted on TikTok onto those platforms and Smart. they're starting to get pushed more and more um, as we speak. So. That's you know? awesome. That's that's way better than I'm doing with it. I even thought about doing something with the podcast and I'm like, all right, here's me talking to a mic today. Here's me talking to a mic. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. I, don't. I mean, you know, if, if you can if you can find some good clips of, uh, you know, uh, some of your podcasts, you know, you can yeah, I'm just going to post the clip about talking about you crashing and burning on the. Uh, the oh, your... yeah, yeah. That'd be a, that'd be a solid one. Um... <laughs> Oh no, uh, yeah, that, that's awesome. And the the fact, because I was going to ask you about that too. Like, as an entertainer, as somebody who is up on stage and works for you know dealing with people, how mm -hmm. the heck did you 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 survive the pandemic? Yeah, that and, was the that was the toughest thing. Uh, the biggest question for a lot of entertainers were, what were we going to do? Right. So a lot of entertainers just took the year off and and had money to relax a little bit. Um, and others they didn't, and so they had to go get normal jobs and things like that. And then there was the, the third bracket of people which tried to push social media and, you know, get paid that way by posting their videos online and with the ad revenue and AdSense and things like that. Um, and as well as uh, the like promo videos. So you, so a business would come to you and say, hey, we'll pay you this much money for a video. Uh, just have our product in it or something like that. Right. Yeah. So just a product placement type video. And then they would get paid X amount. And there's creators that have made up to like $30,000 for just one video, which is insane to me. And as soon as I heard that, because I went to Florida in January of last year, and that's where uh, they had 
right, it was like right before the pandemic, right? And mm-hmm. they they had a creator like uh, like a VidCon, but it's called Playlist Live. Mm-hmm. And so a bunch of creators went there from TikTok and things, and we all kind of got together, hung out, uh, met, you know, things like that. And so I only had like twenty thousand followers, <clears throat> and a lot of them had millions. So I was like. I'm not gonna be able to talk to any of them, but I did, <laughs> and I collabed with a few of them, and that definitely helped me out. And it, with the power of TikTok, you can kind of meet anybody nowadays, right? Yeah, you can kind of get in touch or talk to or have them at least listen to you. Mm-hmm. And so over this uh, past few months, I've been able to talk to more and more and kind of create, and uh, hopefully, I get to collab with a lot of people coming up in the summer. So we'll see how that goes. But definitely, the uh, the the more you post, the more you know, you're going to, you're going to make off money and the more, uh, viral possibility you'll have. Right. That's so good. That's definitely helped sustain me over the past couple of months. And, uh, you know, so I'm just... props to you, dude. Like I said, I, that's where I saw your videos obviously was on TikTok and everything. And my brother said, Hey, check it, check out what he does. And right. you do some cool tricks. So my favorite one so far yeah. has been the, uh, the soda straw one. Ooh, that you yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. I like that when I was like, Oh, how did he do that one? I like that. <laughs> nice. So, so that is yeah. one of my favorite so far. That's great. Um, Thank you. I don't know. Keep doing the Lord's work, man. Just keep doing this amazing <laughs> thing that you do, uh, making people laugh, uh, especially in these times that have been so tough. I mean, yes, we're we're over the hill now, but it's still we're still in that rough patch. And yeah. I, having people like you and doing these things that help promote positivity and especially the fact that it's, you know, it's a nerdy dorky fun thing that you do. Right. And, you know, I, I thank you so much and keep on doing the amazing things, man. Dude, um, I, I can't even tell you how long, how many hours I've sat in my bedroom just working on one car trick. Dude, <laughs> I've wasted so much time. Um, I, I, I promise you, I, to an extent I understand because I do a lot of painting and miniatures and stuff and mm-hmm. I have, legitimately i would I, one time i looked at a model for three days straight and i couldn't figure out how i wanted to paint it and i would just <laughs> look at it and then like i started and i'm like nope this sucks i gotta redo it nope this sucks i gotta redo it and yeah that frustration that uh, that that your your muse is blocked and you don't right. know or and then you're trying to sit there and perfect it and try to figure out something so mm-hmm. i to an extent because yours is definitely more like hey well, what can i do with my hands <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's similar because you know I got to make sure my angles are good, make sure I don't flash or something on uh, at a corner, things like that. You right. know, I sit there and do that for hours. So I, I think this is a amazing spot to wrap this up. So before we wrap it up, though, um, mm-hmm. I wanted to see: is there any, you know, any? Where can people find you, sir? Where are you available? Obviously, we've been talking about you're on TikTok and everything. Uh, but yeah. Where can everybody else find you? Um, you know, if you want to watch uh, me do magic tricks and, and funny things, uh, pranks and stuff, uh, you can go to TikTok, you can go to Instagram uh, or YouTube. And all you have to do is search my name, Chandler Maglish, and I'll pop up. Um, also, if you want to pl- watch me play some uh, video games like Fortnite, eh? Fortnite? Ah, ah, ah. Uh, or, or other games, you know, that you might like. <clears throat> we'll get you on um, Phasmophobia again. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll play some Phasmophobia. <laughs> uh, you, you can just search CM Magic and uh, I pop up there. Uh, I figured my name was too long to put on Twitch. You know, it's Twitch is a very short, catchy type of name titles, you know, so I had to shorten it. So you're, you're, you're going to talk smack about mine in a second. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, but uh, we will be making sure to tag you in a bunch of links and everything, get anything that you have so we can make sure our listeners are able to, as they listen to this episode, go ahead and click and find you. Um, so let's go ahead and wrap this up. 
As always, please like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, If you are listening to us on Audible or Apple, please remember to rate and review. We're also on Instagram and Facebook, so please like and follow us at DNA Pod and on Twitter at NerdDNAPod. And my Twitch name isn't nearly as short as Chandler's here, so (laughs) mine is Nerd DNA Podcast. So please, by all means, yeah, yeah, it's, it's long. But. DNA was taken good, sir. All right. Oh, DNA okay. was taken. Yeah. All yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, but please remember to always like, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, I'm Steve Pugh, and I've been joined tonight with Chandler. Chandler, thank you so much for being on the show. Dude, thank you so much for having me on my first podcast. Yeah, man. All right. This is Dads with Nerdy Ambitions. Thank you and good night. <laughs>